the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Just give me a kiss. Unless you're a libtard. And then I don't want nothing that y'all are putting down. Thank Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to tonight's Andrea K show. It is Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Yeah, and you know what? That's true. I never dated any libtards back in my day. There was this old saying, I think it's it's often attributed to Winston Churchill, who said if you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain. Thank Jesus. I guess I was always an idiot because I never had any, I, I never had any liberal leanings ever in my life. In fact, you know, I often laugh and crack up. I kept all my political science papers that I wrote and, and I, I wrote one at set. I, I was, I entered LSU as a political science major at 17 and I, and I wrote um, one about <laughs> Uh, that dealt with the entitlement society and what I called uh, the bums. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't mean to go off on a tangent. Well, why not? Why not talk about myself? It is called the Andrea K Show after all. <laughs> Say what? Can y'all tell him in a good mood? Because we are rolling into Friday, but also because I think we have we have hit actually finally um, I, I'm not sure. I'm going to say uh, like Alex Berenson, who memo to me, I need to respond to his uh, people and get him on. He's got a, the the book out, uh, Pandemia, actually. He said today it's officially over and we are now in case-demic. It is over. The powers that be that don't want it to be over don't want you to know it's over. But we know, those of us who've been paying attention, who have actually, particularly those of us who were going from day one saying this ain't got nothing to do with anybody's public health or, or anybody's health, let alone public health, it all has to do with power. We've known for a while that it had to end at some point because they couldn't keep the hoax going, the shenanigans going long enough. So the question is, are we going to respond? Are we going to show that we know that it's over and respond accordingly? I've got some updated information from you guys coming out of the, coming out of the, out of Europe. Right. Um, because it, it's interesting. Yesterday, the UK announced that they were ending all mandates, masks, shots, etc. And it's sad to me, but shouldn't be sad to me that the that the UK, the country that we fought a revolution to break free from so that we wouldn't have to live under their tyranny is actually freer today. So we've got some updated information for you guys about uh, why we've turned the corner from a pandemic to a case-demic. Of course, it's clean. What's that old saying? Clean up on aisle five, right? Yeah, we got clean up on aisle five today after that Biden uh, presser yesterday. So we've got actually foreign leaders weighing in. We're going to update you guys on that. We did... Uh, um, Connect last night and last night's show with Adam Angievsky. I forgot to tell you guys during the show last night. And uh, we rescheduled him for tonight. He will be here to share with you guys the information that Fauci lied about. 
in terms of his financials. There's a reason why Fauci lied in front of Congress. And by the way, I'm old enough to remember when you lie under oath in, 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 in these congressional hearings, particularly if you're a baseball player, right? You like baseball. Who was the dude who offered to go to these congressional hearings to talk about a steroid use or whatever and ended up being charged with perjury and spending six months in the pokey or something? Oh, my mind's drawing. I don't remember who that was, right? I'm flashing on it. You're a baseball guy. Maybe you can figure that out. You'll know whose voice. I'll bring him in here in a minute. But Fauci can go before the Senate, go to these congressional hearings and lie, lie, lie. He lied about his financials. He lied about whether or not you could see them. There's a reason why he lied because he doesn't want you to know the truth about his finances. So Adam Andrzejewski from Open the Books it will be here tonight as promised. That breaking news coming out of the Supreme Court in advance of the March for Life tomorrow. So we've got so much to get into tonight. 888-344-1170. Keep the conversation rolling. Whether you call in to me tonight, whether you email me at andreacasio.com forward slash contact or however you want to, uh, we're streaming live right now on The Answer San Diego. Uh, keep those comments rolling there. Follow me on all the socials. Uh, speaking of contact, let me bring in my man. It's DJ Potato Skins. Unanimous potato. That's the rare unanimous potato. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. And the answer is Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. Okay, yeah. Um, big name, by the big way. Big name, famous Boston Red Sox yeah. pitcher. Yep. So we still have two sets of laws in this country, right? One for the elites and one for the Democrats and one for conservatives. All right, so I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on it. Um, I am going to take, maybe I'm in a good mood tonight because I got to brag that I was right again. Yesterday morning on Newsmax, I predicted everybody was like, what? everybody pre-Joe uh, Biden's press conference was all about how he was going to claim all the success for the economy. Me, and that's all anybody wanted to talk about in advance. And I was asked about my perspective of what I was expecting to see and what I predicted in the press conference. And I was the only one that I saw talking about uh, the, the concern that I had that we had a dementia, a dementia in chief. And whether or not he actually was was competent or not, I was concerned that we had him coming to the microphones in front of the world and all the good guys and all the bad guys were going to be watching and, and, and that we should be scared and frightened as a nation. And sure enough, in spite of all the, you know, uh, the, there was quite a few bad moments for him. Par- you know, getting, going, sifting through the funny, the weak, uh, the crazy, the mean, uh, you know, grumpy guy telling you to get off his lawn, sound bites. It actually puts us in a very precarious, uh, a, a frightening position from a national security standpoint. When we have somebody like a Joe Biden go before the world and make the comments that he made, and I touched on it last night, he basically encouraged Vladimir Putin from Russia to invade Ukraine. And I quote, when asked about it, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what Putin's going to do, but he's got to do something. And then he actually followed up. I didn't have time to get into all the quotes last night, but he actually followed up on that statement to say something to the effect of, look, he's got to do something. Um, and if he does do something, it's likely to be like a minor incursion. And then it's going to be a situation where, you know, we're all going to be debating on, well, what do we really do, you know, with this minor incursion, da da da, da. So immediately Jen Psaki had to come out and try to do cleanup for him. I, you know, I don't know how she can sleep at night, you know, with the, uh, with the job of having to go behind that elephant with the broom and the shovel. Um, but the response that's most important is that from... Um, the uh, let me make sure Ukrainian President Zelensky on Thursday, 
He said, uh, um, we want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions and small nations, just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones. Um, I say this as the president of a great power. Well, I, I, there's a couple of things that struck out at, at me about this response is that, um, first of all, a great power, <laughs> I mean, compared to the United States of America, um, that's kind of funny. I mean, hat tip to him for um, having love of country enough and, and self-respect, enough self-respect as, as his position uh, and that of his country to present himself as a great power. But I also think on the, on that's on one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is when you've got the president of Ukraine basically putting himself on the same footing as the United States of America, we are no longer the world's greatest superpower. If you think about that. I was trying to pull up a soundbite, uh, ha- having trouble with, with the site. We get it from Andrea, but it was, you know, Biden also was laughing at a Fox News reporter ask, saying what a stupid question it was if we, if we were going to take preempt, preemptive action. Yeah, um, there are, this this is so bad today. What has gone on here? And by the way, this makes me really angry. How many of these dopes from Hollywood and mainstream media, and even the even the the Lincoln Project and these Never Trumpers? We can't let Trump anywhere near the White House. We can't him let him near the nuclear codes. This guy's going to get us into the Third World War. We have never been safer in a four year stretch, particularly since nine 11, than we were under a Trump presidency first president in decades that did not take us into war. In fact, he was the president who decided, you know what? There's this country, Iran, that's been threatening to wipe Israel and the United States off the map that teaches their kids to chant death to America in their schools every morning. The, the number with the world's greatest sponsor of terror, the, the, the country that sponsored most of the attacks, the terrorist attacks on our troops throughout the world. What did he do? He took out Soleimani. We've never been safer than we were. Uh, the Abraham Accords, the, the, um, and how many the presidents have met with, uh, North Korea, Andrew? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Trump. I mean, we were far safer under, under President Trump, but this guy comes to the microphones and puts us in a position to where, I mean, and, and today Russia began making some moves as a result of this. This man has no business being commander in chief. And this, of course, coming off of the fact that nobody's even even continuing to talk about Afghanistan at this point. That was not an accident what happened in Afghanistan. There's more emails coming out that they were warned in advance about the collapse of the Afghan forces. They knew the Afghan forces were going to collapse. They intentionally decided to pull out of Bagram and, ha- and force the evacuation efforts to happen from Kabul. They negotiated with the Taliban knowing they were going to leave American citizens, American citizens to have to go through Taliban-controlled t- checkpoints in order to get out. This is astounding that this man, and, and, and as of today, he should have been yanked out of office. I don't care how they had to do it, right? This is, this is a, a, a considerably concerning to us, to the point to where some people are actually saying today that some people are actually saying today that, this, that his poll numbers are so bad that at least a third of the comp- country has given him a grade of F that uh, there's never been a, 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 this bad of a first-year term in the history uh, of the United States of America to the point where some people are, are saying that this was calculated and that we might have a wag-the-dog situation going on here. He makes where, Jimmy Carter look like Ronald Reagan. Well, you know, um, Jimmy Carter didn't do a wag—yeah, from an economic standpoint. Yeah, exactly. So the, so the theory today— 
that I'm hearing from many people is, do we have a wag the dog situation brewing here? Do we have a, do we have an administration which, or really more importantly, the people pulling the strings behind the administration? Are, are they so concerned with the polling numbers going and, and what's going on in the collapse economically and everything that's happening here that they're actually going to set the stage for us to go into uh, having to go into battle? Because that's really when the American people rally together. That's when we come together the most, right? That's when e- e- even the hardest, cruelest, meanest far left libs, actually, many of them actually joined together in the first year of George W. Bush after after 9-11. So the times in which the United States tends tend to, to join together to unite is typically when we're at wartime. I don't know that that would be the case here. I don't know that that's what they're trying to do here. Given the cleanup that has occurred afterwards with the statements of, you know, tough talk today, I don't believe that this is a wag the dog situation, but what I think is that we have a commander in chief that is, is, has, doesn't have the faculties to be commander in chief. He's a thousand percent inept, Andrea. Uh, he's reckless to the point to where we can't afford to have him in that position any further. We're going to take a break. Um, we come back. We're going to shift gears a little bit, uh, talk about uh, Fauci, the information we were going to share with you guys last night. Not hearing a lot of anybody in media talking about it, but you have a right to know about the highest paid federal employee, government employee who's had the power over your lives. Follow the money, they say. Well, we're going to follow the money on Fauci when we come back. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. We've got some uh, COVID stories to give you guys in a little bit. And um, I think it's clear that it's it's over. Okay, quite frankly, it's over. It's We've gone from pandemic to case-demic, but the powers that be, those that exploited this situation, the, the virus, I've said from the beginning, the virus was real, but the government response to this was all about exploiting it for power, and the number one person doing it was Fraud Fauci. And what's the old saying, y'all? Follow the money, right? Well, there's a, a certain individual named Adam Angievsky from Open the Books who's been trying to follow the money, and he's been stonewalled, and he actually had to part with Judicial Watch to try to get to the truth. And you got to ask yourself, why somebody like Fauci trying to fight so hard to have the truth about his finances revealed? Joining me now to discuss is Adam Angievsky, the CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. Hi, Adam. Thanks for being on the Andrea K Show tonight. Sounds great, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so um, why do we need to know this information? And most importantly, why is Fauci hiding it? So Dr. Anthony Fauci is the number one most highly compensated federal employee and arguably next to the president of the United States is the most recognized official in the United States government. So I'd submit to you, Andrew, we have, got, we have an obligation to dig into his finances, to hold him accountable, to, to investigate Dr. Anthony Fauci and make sure that he's got the public interest in mind rather than a narrow self-interest. 
Right. Because um, just like there's a lot of talk today about this Democrat out of Georgia who's wanting to in- introduce a bill to stop uh, Congress people from being able to make money off of inside you know, inside information that they've got. It's about having conflict of interest. We need people that are that particularly the unelected ones that have uh, that have so much power and we don't have the powers of the people to vote them out. Right. That the, the people that have so much power over our lives that we we have a right to understand whether or not that power is affected by their contract that they've got, uh, the ability to make money and what's going on financially behind the scenes. And it can't be good or Fauci wouldn't be trying to hide it, would he? Well, who knew? Who knew that you can be a federal bureaucrat, your wife can be a federal bureaucrat, and you can have a net worth in your household of $11 million. And that's exactly what we found out last Friday night at five o'clock when the Honorable United States Senator Dr. Marshall from Kansas, he was able to force open, force, because he is on the oversight committee in the United States Senate over the National Institutes of Health. He wrote a demand letter on Thursday, gave the National Institutes of Health 24 hours to produce Dr. Anthony Fauci's unredacted financials from 2019 and 2020. Now, Andre, as you know, my organization at OpenTheBooks.com, we've been suing for that, exactly that information, uh, and since October, we've been requesting it using the powerful Federal Freedom of Information Act since last January. NIH would not turn it over to us, but the senator got it in 24 hours. And in those disclosures, we put together, we connected the dots, we followed the money, and it's an $11 million net worth. And last year, uh, in 2020 alone, so not even last year, last year will be, will be far, far more profitable than 2020. But in 2020, Dr. Anthony Fauci cleaned off nearly $1.8 million in investment gains, royalties, travel perks, wow. income, uh, you know, from, uh, from federal sources and, and outside government sources. Absolutely infuriating to me from, from a variety of different standpoints, particularly since how many lives have been destroyed financially? How many people committed suicide during lockdowns because their business, their job uh, was taken away from them and they lost absolutely everything while this man just continued to ra- rack up the money and sit there arrogantly like he did. And that hearing with Marshall and actually it called Marshall a moron and actually used the Lord's name in vain in the middle of that. This yep. arrogant puke. How much money do we do we know yet uh, do we know yet how he amassed all that money do we know what his financial what his tiny financial ties are to moderna to pfizer uh to i, I know he's got investments reportedly in uh, chinese companies um but do we really know the extent of the conflict of interest in terms of his investments so he did not report any in ownership of any individual stocks or bonds so only through mutual funds so the so Newsweek did a really good piece. They looked at, at his holdings, and obviously they found mutual funds dedicated to Chinese investments. Uh, but he's holding, he's disclosing, and, and Andrew, he's locked himself into this position, zero ownership of individual issues on stocks mm-hmm. or bonds. So mm-hmm. only through mutual funds. So, for example, he's, he's representing that he's, he's not invested in uh, the stock of Pfizer, and he's not, rep- and he's representing that he's not invested in the stock of Moderna. He's only old, holding those issues if the funds themselves that he's investing in are holding those stocks. 
Well, and you know what? That may that may be the case, right? And in fact, it could be a situation to where what what this guy out of Georgia is, is asking of the Congress and you know of both houses of Congress that they that they not have any personal you know involvement in any of the stock purchases. I, I and I, I'm more outraged by the fact that this man has been making over four hundred thousand dollars a year and continue to do so as he lied and lied and lied after masks this and lockdowns and. And uh, and killed Americans by denying therapeutics that were proven, so they could push forth vaccines. Um, no, when so, when so when let's break down that income. Okay, because that's very very important that your listening audience fully understands how Anthony Fauci uh, makes his money for, from taxpayers. So he makes four hundred and thirty four thousand uh, dollars in twenty twenty. That's the latest salary that's available. I've asked repeatedly the National Institutes of Health how much Anthony Fauci makes in 2021 and 2022, they won't release it. Okay. So we'll know in August of this year, how much Anthony Fauci made in fiscal year 2021. It's not real time reporting. This is not every dime online in real time over at the national Institutes of health. We're looking at this in the rear view mirror. So in 2020, the latest year available still, Dr. Anthony Fauci out earned everybody all 4.3 million of his federal colleagues, he out-earned the President of the United States and four-star generals in the United States military. Also, his wife, Christine Grady, she's the chief bioethicist at, drumroll, the National Institutes of Health. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> the agency that sits above Dr. Anthony Fauci's sub-agency, the National Institute of the Allergies and Infectious Diseases. So she made more than the Vice President of the United States at 235000 so you add those base salaries and you tack on 30% for the cost of benefits and taxpayers paid nearly 900 grand for Dr. Anthony Fauci and his wife just to be employed over at the National Institutes of Health. And, 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 and meanwhile, he's lied and lied and lied, came out and said, you know, it, I, we don't have time to even go through all the lies here. Um, but it's just it's another example of many in, in the U.S. government of, you, you know, my mother worked for for 40 years for, for the federal government. She, I think she worked at, at pretty much every department from state, labor, uh, Department of Defense, you know, you, you name it. And, you know, when she was a chief admin officer, she couldn't fire anybody, even those that were that were stealing. So this is not just. A, not just a problem that we've got with Anthony Fauci. I think he represents a, a horrific problem that we've got to where it used to be a time in which people would go to work in, in the public sector and they would take less than what their counterparts would be in the private sector um, because that way they'd be able to have you know more sick days or whatever, which is why my mom went to work in the public sector. But now, uh, you know, and this is the problem with bloated government. It doesn't matter how badly they perform. They've got a job for life. In fact, it, in the case of Fauci, it was George W. Bush who, who really skyrocketed his salary in advance to help him supposedly not have to, to supposedly stop a pandemic, which was ridiculously stupid on W's part, right? Let's because wasn't he making 300 grand at that point? So, so, so let's go through that. In 2004, we unearthed the memo, our auditors at OpenTheBooks.com. That shows why Fauci is the number one most highly compensated federal employee. It was a permanent pay adjustment that he received in 2004 for his biodefense work. In other words, he was paid to stop the next pandemic, and quite obviously, he failed. 
And W pay, gave him that pay increase in spite of his failures on AIDS. And, and not only did he fail on AIDS, he actually tested an HIV vaccine on foster children. He also had failed on the RSV vaccine that had to be pulled because it killed children. This man had no record of success on on uh, for which W based or on which W based that pay increase. And th- well, it's he also in- gave him in addition to the pay, Andrea. He also gave him a you know, the top civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Wow. Yeah, this is this is George W. Bush's idea of compassionate conservatism, right? To, you know, to um, line the pockets of a fraud. And and it's because of that, you know, it, so here, here's one. Here's one area on Fauci's financial disclosures that needs more investigation. And this is probably good for uh, for the senator uh, from Kansas, uh, Roger Marshall. So on his disclosures, Fauci lists his wife's salary at one hundred and seventy six thousand dollars. And we don't we quite frankly don't know where he comes up with this number, because on the Federal Freedom of Information Act request since 2015, she's making significantly more than that. Fifty five to sixty thousand dollars a year, more than that. As I said, she makes over two hundred and thirty four thousand a year. And she has done at a She's made that amount at that level in 2019 and 2020. So since 2015 through 2020, she's actually made $1.3 million. <sighs> we have no idea where Fauci's coming in with this figure of 176000 He's way short, mm-hmm. according to the information we're holding. We also don't know, um, and we'll have to leave it a- after this, that you know some of the contract um, some of the contract details well, and why he... I got kind of a little bombshell here for you. Oh. Um, so the 2021 disclosures in May, Andrea, I want to come back on and discuss them with you because they're going to be a lot more lucrative. It, and here's one of the reasons. In January of 2021, Fauci accepted a million-dollar prize out of Tel Aviv University in Israel on a prestigious David Dan's award, Dan David's award, where... Uh, he gets to keep, we, we figure, $900,000 of that award. It was expressly given to him, quote, just because of his speaking truth to power. What? To me, it sounds like a political award. Biden wasn't sworn in yet. Trump was still in the White House. He won the million-dollar prize, quote, speaking truth to power. Here's a federal bureaucrat collecting a million-dollar prize. He's going to keep about $900,000 of that, we figure. And and it looks political, and he's a bureaucrat. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I want to see his contract. I want to know whether or not whether whether or not he's allowed to basically accept money for propaganda, because that's what it sounds like to me. I mean, we know Israel is the number one country in in terms of these vaccinations, right? I think they're they're the only country I think got mm. shot number four at this point. So, we, mm. you know how much how much of that money was basically because they're all about pushing those shots over there, and they're rewarding him for it. For making that pot, you, do you see the connection? What I'm trying to say? It's very. You always have to follow the money. So the million dollar prize, hundred thousand dollars of it, Fauci gets to handpick scholarship winners with that. But it looks like he gets to keep the other nine hundred thousand wow. dollars. We want to see that out of a disclosure come May. And and in regards to speaking truth to power, would he have gotten that? Had it, what's the definition of speech? Right? Was it the emails in which he in which it was exposed that he was <laughs> trying to shut down the Great Barrington Declaration and have the any of those si- uh, who signed off on that defamed? Or was it the four hundred media uh, I- interviews that he did? How was this man supposedly so busy saving America from the China virus if he's on the media all day every day, Adam Andrzejewski? Well, you know. 
Andrea, you know how, how much time it takes to prep for 400 media interviews. You can't do anything else. Right. At that point, you're a public affairs hack. You're not a scientist. Right. He was he has been a spokesperson for these shots is what he's been. And um, I've got some segments to, to coming up here, which I'm going to and I didn't bring you on to talk about the efficacy of these shots. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that the twelve hundred other pages that you're supposed to be getting, I don't know how many you've gotten at this point. I'm still thinking that we're going to see a financial payoff directly re- related to these shots down the road. Um, Think about this. Marshall was able to wrangle in 24 hours 106 pages of financial disclosures from 2019 and 2020. NIH admits, subject to our lawsuit, is 1,200 pages. Can you imagine 12 times the amount of information is supposed to come to us starting on February 1st? Yeah, and you know what? Where is where's the we've got this dopey January sixth commission trying to trying to figure out why some people were roaming around and trespassing after the Capitol Police let them wander in. Meanwhile, there's been nobody but you trying to investigate what is going on with Fauci and what his his financial conflict, what his financial packages, how he's paid, and what conflicts of interest might be behind the positions that he's taken here that have cost so many Americans their lives and their finances and beyond. And thank you for, for what you do. We're going to have to have you back real soon. Keep us posted on anything. Be, email us and we're going to stay in touch with you and get you back on real soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrea. Y'all need to go to openthebooks.com. Um, Adams uh, will keep you guys. You, you can see his articles there catch up to where he's been at at this point and then also any future articles from him there now stay tuned because i do want to tell you guys some breaking news on the shots that uh, is coming out of europe and the world health organization stay tuned the andrea k show strictly adhering to and preserving our first amendment follow andrea on ourfreenation.org just search andrea k spelled k-a-y-e News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Okay, so last night we reported, we mentioned it even earlier tonight, that the UK has ended all of their mandates. Uh, the European Union drug regulators on uh, Tuesday warned, there's actually a video going around, I didn't try to pull any clips of it because his accent's really heavy, um, but they literally warned now that frequent COVID boosters could adversely affect the immune system and said that there are currently no data to support repeated doses. Let that sink into you a moment. You know, you, you get in these jabs where you get this spike protein injected into your body, um, forcing your body to create antibodies, actually forcing, in, in the case of the mRNA, it, it's forcing your body to create the spike protein. It injects it forces your body to create COVID. Gee, hmm, might have, might, it might have, who would have thought it might actually cause you to have a compromised immune system, right? Could this be why there's actually more people in the hospitals from this Omicron with the shot than without it? Gee, cause we've weakened people's immune system. Notice why nobody's talking about breakthrough cases anymore. Because you are the case. At this point, and that's what's being admitted to here by the European Union drug regulators. And, and this is coming. Um, this this article is from uh, Children's Health Defense. This comes um, a month after the EU drug regulator said it made sense to administer boosters as early as three months after the initial two shots. Um, 
According to European um, Medicines Agency, EMA, continued booster doses every four months could pose a risk of overloading people's immune systems and lead to fatigue. And that's exactly where we're at. And that's why Israel, right? I think, can we conclude, Skins, that that's what's going on with Israel? Well, of course. I mean, they're the highest vaccinated nation in the country as far as the amount of doses and population. And they have the worst case of COVID over there than anywhere. Right. Um, Quote, boosters can be done once or maybe twice, but it's not something we could think should be repeated constantly. We need to think about how we can transition from the current pandemic setting to a more endemic setting. They go on to explain that basically what we've got here is the flu, right? Um, uh, What we've got here is the flu. Like every year we know that they're called flu shots, right? We've never referred to them as vaccines, right? We call them flu shots. And what they are is they take last year's strain that was going around and they, they, and they try to predict, okay, you know, this is probably going to be, even though we're going to have new strains, this from last year's floating around. And if you live in Iowa, maybe you didn't get exposed to last year's strain because you, you, you know, you didn't go to San Diego. So they come up with these and, and they encourage everybody to get it, but it's not mandated. And one of the reasons why it's not mandated is because it's not a vaccine is something you can choose to do to try to try to bolster your ability, you know, your defense against it. But, you know, they're not vaccines. And that's that's where we're at. Um, The World Health Organization's technical advisory group on COVID-19 vaccine composition has is warned a vaccination strategy based on repeated booster doses of the original vaccine composition is unlikely to be appropriate or sustainable. Um, because because this is what happens with the flu. A virus comes out and then it mutates. It doesn't make any sense to continue at this point to inject anybody with the same old vaccine that was based on the original strain of COVID-19. You got to remember, it actually was SARS-CoV-2. The expression of it was COVID-19. And that's why they're changing the name of it to Delta. They don't, You never even hear COVID-19 anymore, right? You hear Delta, you hear Omicron, right? Um let me tell you guys what an, an endemic is. An endemic refers to, quote, the constant presence and or usual prevalence of a disease or infectious agent in a population within a geographic area. Whereas a pandemic is an out of control endemic that is spread over several countries. Uh, it, we're clearly an endemic, right? This will be a constant presence in our lives. They have not wanted to admit this. This is one reason why I was saying last night, it's moronic and dumb for conservatives to think that you're going to win points by pushing back against Biden by saying he promised that he was going to stop this this virus and he didn't you can't stop it it's a virus it has spread it has mutated the people that that the most of the people that are suffering to this latest strain of omicron are those that have been vaccinated and according to cdc lady walensky over 75 percent of the deaths are those with at least four comorbidities this is a this is an endemic it is an endemic that at this point is something that everybody needs to be aware. And it, it, it at 75% have at least four comorbidities and are elderly. The rest of us have nothing to fear from this. And we, it is time for us now to go into every, as, as individuals, it is time for us now to go into endemic mode and how we respond to this as individuals, as well as business. I know it's all about choice, Andrea. That's something that you know we've touted here on the show. Uh, hear more stories about people getting their children vaccinated, and it just breaks my heart because they don't need it. No, they absolutely don't need it. 
And why is it that this this is and, and everything I'm telling you here, like uh, Dr. Clive Dix, who's the former chairman of the UK's vaccine task force, said COVID should be treated as an endemic virus similar to the flu and vax, mass vaccination should end after this booster campaign. Well, the booster campaign's over. We're not hearing this in America. No, in America, now the big push is we got to push these N95 masks on everybody. We, I, I'm seeing commercials up here in San Diego. We don't, we, we've got an underrepresentation of children under five getting these shots out here, and they're showing some little girl with this little panda bear on her arm. Children don't get it, and they don't give it. What, what did I report recently? Of point inst- one. 0.1%. And that's if, and, and that would be 800. That's if you believe that 800,000 Americans actually died from COVID. Versus versus the the false number under uh, it, and it, but let's say you actually believe that eight hundred children have died in two years from this. Why in the world are you treating your child like a guinea pig? You have a ninety nine point nine 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 percent chance of being a okay. Yeah, according to Alex Barrison, he says it's over. People. He's the former New York Times reporter and bestselling author of uh, Pandemia. He wrote, aside from a few unlucky Israelis, no one is going to receive a fourth dose of the original vaccine. Because um, it, it, it's over. So what may end up happening is, um, according to this organization, Tag Go Vac, uh, that COVID vaxes need to be genetically and anti-genetically close to the circulating SARS-CoV-2 variants uh, to be more effective in protection against the uh, in the infection. So what may happen is, you know, they may be somebody may be rushing to the lab um, to try to, you know, come up with some shot to, you know, to combat Omicron. But as um, Berenson said, uh, COVID is faster than the scientist. So, and why would we bother to do that when you know? That as strains come out, they're, they're weaker and, you know, it's basically a cold. So we don't, so it's over. Well, that's why they've put, they've had to push the fear with this Omicron because they know, yes, it's more contagious, but people aren't dying like they were with the, uh, with the other variant so that they have to push the mask, Sandra, because that's all they got. That's all they've got. And we're, what we will start to see is, and that's one of the reasons why Pfizer has come out with this, with this drug, what we're going to start to see is the push for the Pfizer drug. They're not going to back off pushing for these shots. They're, they don't want you to know this. Have you heard this on the mainstream media? This is coming out nope, of the, nowhere. this is coming out of the World Health Organization. This is coming out of the European Union, right? This isn't, this isn't being talked about in the CDC. Three networks on there all day. Yeah. No, people. no. So, so here in America, they don't want you to know that it's over, right? And one of the things I want to point out quickly before we take a break is um, that we, I I could be wrong. You guys tell me, are are you hearing this on other media outlets? I've been really disappointed as I've been listening to a couple of national shows with personalities that I love so much because I think they're hilarious. I love the personality of this one guy who, um, you know, took over for Buck Sexton. I'm not going to say his name. Um, he's super hilarious. I, I, I and you know, uh, that's great that he's super funny. But when he's got this, this nationally syndicated show on 400 stations, instead of asking people to, you know, doing segments about, um, what would you spend your lottery winnings on and having callers call in to say that they would, they would, you know, uh, you know, wipe their hiney with lottery money. How about you report this to the American people? How about I, I, I there was the, the two guys who took over for Rush Limbaugh, who I think are great talents. 
um, one of the they were asked recently that somebody called in and reported Bell's palsy, which is a paralysis reaction to these shots. And one of them said, I can't tell their voices apart. One of them said, well, you know, I hadn't heard that before. You know, I'm not really up on any of the uh, adverse reactions to the shots. I thought, are you kidding me? You've taken over for Rush Limbaugh. We've got these shots being used to seize control over our lives, children, our businesses, our entire nation. And you're telling millions of Americans that you're not even bothering to pay attention to adverse reactions on the shots. And I'm thinking, what? Then a couple days later, I'm listening and they've got a doctor who calls in from Florida and he's trying to talk to them about his patients in the hospitals. And right at the point in which he's about to to explain to them scientifically what goes on inside the body and the cardiovascular system as a result of these boosters and why those boosters are putting people in the hospital, they interrupted him and stopped him. I I tweeted out, why did you interrupt this doctor right when he was getting to the most important part of his call? Was this was this ignorance based on ignorance and not understanding why it was important? Or were you trying to keep your, your audience from hearing this information? Do you think Rush Limbaugh would try to keep this information from his audience, Skins? No, Limbaugh was about the truth. And, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is that as conservatives, the whole point of being, in my opinion, of being conservatives in media is to try to advance conservatism. That's what Rush Limbaugh was all about, moving the dial. Because what what is the point of having? I get we've got too many with really big profiles, really big audiences, really big voices that are doing absolutely nothing to further the cause of freedom in this country. Nothing. I get that you're fat now and you don't want to lose an ounce of your audience. I get that you can't you don't want to lose, uh, you don't want to subject yourself to cancel culture. I think that's what happens. It's, but, and it's the parallel of what happens when people get elected and they go into D.C. and get sucked in by the swamp, right? There, there's a swamp around conservative media that has so many of our biggest names that I think actually have a heart for conservatism, but then they get sucked into the money aspect of it and the fame aspect of it. And this is what, what Brian Maloney was talking about on Red Wave America when he was talking about these big events that these conservatives have with these py- pyrotechnics and this and that. And everybody's just talking these nice messages and doing and not re- and really avoiding some of the hardest hitting information out there so that we can move the dial. I know I'm going long, but it's about activism versus just making money and expanding your audience. Stay with us. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K show spelled K A Y E and connect with her on ourfreenation.org. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the answer San Diego. Here's an example of somebody who's actually furthering the cause of conservatism. It's a Texas doctor who's suing her former employer, uh, Houston Methodist hospital, um, she resigned from the hospital in November 2021 after um, publicly requesting, questioning the jabs and bringing awareness of early treatments, including ivermectin. In a response, uh, in response, Houston Medical Hospital suspended her and revoked her privileges. Um, my name is being vilified, she says. I have people leaving fake uh, uh, reviews on my website. She's being persecuted. Uh, so I want to set the record straight. So after she was suspended, she's suing. But she's not suing for money. She's suing them for them to release the truth, the details 
about she's suing um uh them on let's see what she's looking for here um she's wanting them to release all the data related to hospitalizations at the hospital that's a freedom fighter this is somebody who gave up her job basically because what she's saying is she was initially pro these shots and then after her work there and seeing what the shots were doing to people and seeing that they were and that uh, they were being denied treatments she then she changed her course and changed her position on the shots and started speaking out for therapeutics and then she was forced to resign so this is a, this is what we need for conservatives and media to have the same courage right This is how you push the cause of conservatism in this country, by holding people accountable, right? And getting the truth out there to the American people. So she is suing for transparency of the hospital and everything related to the data for the hospitalizations and related to the shots and COVID patients. She may be my hero of the week, Dr. Bowden. Thanks for being here, guys. See you tomorrow. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 